Okay, let's look at uh, Bible meets life. In 1997, Billy Bob Harrell Jr. won $31 million in the Texas Lotto. Wow. <laughs> after, after he won, he quit his job, paid for a family vacation to Hawaii, made an enormous contribution to his church, bought houses and cars for his loved ones, and donated nearly 500 turkeys to the poor. Sadly, Billy Bob made a bad deal with a company that promises lotto winners lump sum payouts instead of their larger annual checks. Then his life, then his wife left. Billy Bob admitted winning the lottery was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Less than two years after he won, Billy Bob died of a self-inflicted shotgun wound. Money is a good servant when we use it wisely for God's glory, but it is a terrible and demanding master when we become slaves to it. Many of us think we just become, if we just become rich, we would solve all of our problems. King Solomon, who was exceedingly rich, knew better. Money does not bring contentment. Contentment comes from Christ alone, not from wealth. Okay, so today we will see that no amount of money can buy happiness and we can only find true contentment through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What's the point? Contentment comes from Christ, not our wealth. Okay, from Christ and not wealth. And uh, many of us have experienced that. So we could speak experientially, right? Yeah. Let's look at the first passage we have. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 10 to 12 on page 60. You want to take that one, please? The one who loves silver is never satisfied with silver, and whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with income. This too is futile. When good things increase, the ones who consume them multiply. What then is the profit to the owner? except to gaze at them with his eyes. The sleep of the worker is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich permits him no sleep. Go ahead. Wealth is not bad in and of itself. It's not wrong to be rich. The problem comes when the basic human need for money becomes a sinful desire. The Bible calls this sinful desire the love of money. And this love becomes a root of all kinds of evil. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. <coughs> Solomon warned us that one who has a sinful desire to be rich would never be satisfied. The more wealth the lover of money accumulates, the more he or she wants. It is an empty, futile pursuit. This quest for riches tempts individuals, industries, and institutions to be greedy at the expense of others. Con artists looking for a get rich quick scheme, prey on the unsuspecting and overly trusting elderly. Two, globally, pornography rakes in 97 billion annually for <coughs> producers, but they bring in that money at the devastating expense of countless women and children. Three, government-sponsored lotteries weigh the promise of quick riches, but they overwhelmingly prey on the poor who can ill afford to gamble. Instead of solving problems that bring contentment, financial gain often brings with it many temptations and troubles. Wealth attracts moochers. 
When good things increase, the one who consumed them multiplied. The more you have, the more people show up to help you spend it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True. <laughs> Kelly Rogers won the equivalent of 2.5 million in Britain's Lotto Jackpot in 2003. She was only 16 at the time and living in foster care. She admits now she was foolish with her money, but she was suddenly surrounded by family, friends, and gold-digging boyfriends, pressuring her on all sides. In 2005, Kelly tried to commit suicide by taking an overdose of sleeping pills. It's not just lottery winners, though, who are plagued with a crowd of new friends. It seems any time someone comes into money, friends or family come out of the woodwork trying to rekindle old bonds. Two, wealth creates hoarders. To avoid losing financial gain, a wealthy person will be tempted to hoard his riches. Rather than sharing his wealth, he'll just let it accumulate. He does, not, he does nothing except take it out and look at it. <laughs> what then is the profit to the owner except to gaze at them with his eyes? We must also guard against the mindset of the rich fool who built bigger barns and said to himself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. Luke 12, verse 19. Three. Wealth produces anxiety. The regular worker puts in a day of honest labor and rests well afterward. But the lover of money is constantly afraid of losing it all. He becomes anxious. The abundance of the rich permits him no sleep. It's important to remember that money is not bad and having wealth is not sinful. But we also must continually keep in mind that pursuing wealth for security and satisfaction will always, always leave us empty and anxious. The danger of greed is always lurking close by. In fact, as we shall see, it can make us insecure. Amen. Father, help us to see that wealth doesn't guarantee happiness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So she was living in foster care, but all of a sudden she had family and friends. Yeah. Wow. Okay, uh, the next uh, passage, let's go to that quickly. The one who loves wealth is never satisfied. And we've seen that, right? Yes. Uh, the New Testament warns us about the love of money. And financial gain often brings with it many temptations and many kinds of troubles. Troubles that you have never seen before, troubles you could never imagine existed. Okay, so wealth attracts mooches, wealth attracts hoarders, and wealth produces anxiety. All right, uh, let's look at the next question. How, question number two, how has your attitude about money changed over time? How has your attitude of money changed over time? Over the span of your lifetime, how has your attitude toward money changed? Anybody? When I grew up in the home there, I grew up in the home there, my parents were sitting on So I learned to balance money from a young age. Mm, okay. I learned about marriage at a young age. Very good. Anybody else? Okay, let's look at the next passage. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5, 13 to 17. Who want to take that one? 
Nobody? Okay, there's a sickening tragedy I've seen under the sun. Wealth kept by its owner to his harm. The wealth that was lost in a bad venture, so when he fathered a son, he was empty-handed. As he came from his mother's womb, so he'll go again. Naked as he came, he will take nothing for his efforts that, can, that he can carry in his hands. This too is a sickening tragedy. Exactly as he comes, so he will go. What does the one gain who struggles for the wind? What is more, he eats in darkness all his days with much frustration, sickness, and anger. What a state. Earlier we noted that danger of greed at the expense of others. Now Solomon exposed a sickening tragedy, the danger of greed at one's own expense. When we are so driven by our love for money that we hang our hopes on it, we will be tempted to keep as much of it as possible. Solomon warned against wealth kept by its owner to his harm. You see, when you love money and place your hope in it, we will always want more. The insatiable pull for more will lead us into greed, yet without any better sense of security. Risky, risky ventures. Uh, the love of money can draw us into all sorts of get-rich-quick schemes. When our hope is in our money, we're not patient. When it comes to accumulating the wealth we think will bring us safety and security. Consider three ways we're tempted to make money fast. Gambling. Whether it's playing the lottery, casino games, poker nights, college football games, or March Madness. Gambling rewards gamblers with less money and, and an addiction to try it again that eventually destroys them. Two, foolish investments. If we are wise, we will invest our money and plan for our future. But when we are motivated by love of money, by love of money, we may be tempted to pursue high-risk investments that are hardly different than gambling. Three, dumb debt. I didn't know debt was dumb. Well, okay. Who wants to wait? We live in a culture of instant gratification. Ever stand in front of the microwave and says, why take it so long? With credit readily available, it's easy to overextend ourselves to accumulate possessions. Too many of us pay sky-high interest rates we can't afford and then end up in a miserable existence living paycheck to paycheck. Just one small mishap and all the debt dominoes begin to fall. With one misstep into debt, one bad investment, or one foolish wager, everything we've worked for can disappear, just like water going down the drain. And the money we needed to provide for our families is gone. That wealth was lost in a bad venture. So when he fathered a son, he was empty-handed. Death. Even if a person avoids making risky adventures, he will not escape death. None of us will. And all of us will lose our wealth when we die. Death is the ultimate equalizer. We leave this world the same way we came into it. Solomon wrote, as he came from his mother's womb, 
so he will go again, naked as he came. He will take nothing for his efforts that he can carry in his hands. Wealth offers no guarantee of security. To the contrary, it often can lead to frustration and isolation. That's the picture Solomon painted in verse 17. The wealthy person eating all alone in the dark, frustrated, sick, dark, in the dark, frustrated, sick, and angry. Where's the security in that? <laughs> Question number three. What's the danger of placing our security in wealth? Like you said before, you could lose it all. Yeah. You can lose it all? Okay. Money can be addictive, but it can also be deceptive. What looks good at first can end up leaving a person empty and lost. Rather than gaining more control in life, their existence actually spins into chaos. And we have seen that from the stories we read, right? Spins into chaos. As soon as that money comes, you cash that big check, everything begins to spin out of chaos. People who you don't even know come and say they are your cousin and your uncle and your auntie and, and the girl who is in foster care. Finally had family. Wow. Wonder if she knew that. Okay. To the risky ventures of those obsessed with wealth, that can often lead to tragedy. And the tragedy we saw in the verses were gambling, foolish investments, and dumb debt. Uh, news to me, didn't know that debt was dumb. <laughs> Okay, and then uh, what is true today was true in Solomon, in the time of Solomon, as we, as we read. Uh, can't miss financial venture. Uh, another boy, you can't miss this. You know, we, were, we had a ministry and we were helping this young man out. And uh, he, you know, told us we can collect his paycheck, save it for him, save some money for him, give him something, and make a contribution, some stuff that he stole from the ministry over the first time that he was there. And uh, he finally ended up in a state where he wanted some of that money. Uh, to do drugs and he said he found a deal on some groceries. Now he didn't need groceries because he was living free. We fed him and clothed him and, and all of that. He didn't need money. To, I found a good deal on some groceries. I don't need $20. Yeah. We said, well, you know, we knew what he wanted it for. And uh, so we said, well, you know, you came to us and this is the arrangement that you made with us. And you did that because you wanted security and that's what we were providing. And he sat there and he kept saying 20 bucks, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. That's all he was saying. 20 bucks. I only need 20 bucks. <laughs> Risky adventures. This is a can't miss deal. Yeah. I can't miss this. Okay, can't miss financial adventures. The inherent foolishness of get rich quick schemes. You are convinced that this will work. I mean, it worked for somebody else. Okay, the foolish investment results in the father and his children ending up empty handed. How many people have regretted? Uh, they didn't have anything to leave for their children. Okay, uh, the next verse we have is verse 18 to 20. Yes, yes. I want to take that one. That's the last one. I'm doing my best. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't have my glasses, but this is large print. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's the senior citizen version. <laughs> oh, <that's right. laughs> you gotta be cool. <laughs> oh, these will work. Thank you. <laughs> Here is what I have seen to be good. It is appropriate to eat, drink, and experience good in all the labor one does under the sun during the few days of his life God has given him because that is his reward. Furthermore, 
Everyone to whom God has given riches and wealth, he has also allowed him to enjoy them, take his reward, and rejoice in his labor. This is a gift of God, for he does not often consider the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with the joy of his heart. If being rich can never satisfy and we always run the risk of losing our wealth, how should we think about money? How may we renew our minds and think rightly about God's desire for us and for our money and possessions? The answer lies in contentment. Be content with your life and your work. Solomon himself knew this to be true. Notice the stark difference between verses 17 and 18. In verse 17, Solomon cautioned that the one who hoards his wealth, who is never satisfied with what he has, eats in darkness and isolation, and he cannot enjoy his life and work. Instead, this person is frustrated, sick, and angry, even though he has much wealth. But in verse 18, Solomon encouraged, it is appropriate to eat, drink, and experience good in all the labor one does under the sun during the few days of his life God has given him, because that is his reward. Next, it's appropriate to enjoy life. Some believers and some believers too, some unbelievers, sorry, and some believers too, think the Christian life is all about what we can't do, what we're not supposed to enjoy. But that's not the God we serve. Everything God created was good, and it is to be enjoyed with thanksgiving. 1 Timothy 4, 4. God feasts with his people. Jesus shared meals with his followers. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we not only remember the death of Christ, we remember what he has done for us. In that, we look forward to the marriage feast when we, the church, will be presented to Jesus. Revelation 19, 6 through 10. When we enjoy life and experience good in all the labor we do, we glorify the God who created everything that is good. Next, life is short. Solomon reminded us that our life under the sun in this world is but a few days. So God invites us to enjoy it to his glory while we can. We are to live all of our life as an act of worship and in recognition that God has created all things for his glory and for our enjoyment. Life is a gift from God. It is God who has given us these few days of life on earth. His reward to us is that we are able to enjoy the fruits of our labors in this short life that he has given to us. And two, be content with what God has given you. All we possess is a gift from God. It is he who has given riches and wealth. Moreover, each individual whom God has blessed with prosperity, he also has enabled him to enjoy it. He has given this enjoyment to us as our reward. So, we are to be content with whatever wealth and possessions God has given us, and we are to rejoice in our labor. Three, contentment leads to peace and joy in this life. When we are content with the life and the wealth God has given us, we will not be anxious about the days of our lives because God will keep us occupied. He will fill our hearts with joy. Okay, next page. 
The way to renew our minds and find contentment that leads to joy is to view life from an eternal perspective. Viewing earthly life through the lens of our future reward allows us both to enjoy life now and to look forward to the riches of our eternal inheritance in Christ that is awaiting us in heaven. When we have this eternal perspective, we will be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 12 through 13. Okay, so here Solomon tells us, he shows us uh, how he has observed the appropriate response to wealth. Thanks. Right? Uh, this is the appropriate response. If you want to know how to respond to wealth, take Solomon's advice. This is what he's doing in these verses. Notice he says, be content with your life and your work. Don't be anxious for anything. Okay, be content. Don't look at what other people have and, and be jealous and become envious. Is what he is saying. It's appropriate to enjoy life. Many people, do you realize that many people can't enjoy life? They're living, but they can't enjoy life. Solomon says, enjoy, it's appropriate to enjoy life. And then he tells us something else that many people seem to miss. Life is short. Life is short. Many people don't realize that. They don't think about that. Until somebody uh, close to them dies and they don't seem to be, uh, you know, what is the age for death anyway? You know, gone so soon is a popular phrase we hear when someone dies. Okay, God determines how long we live and when we die. Okay, so he says life is short. Remember that, realize it. And then he says life is a gift from God. Many people don't see it as that. And so they take their life and they use it and they abuse it and don't realize that God gave them that life as a gift. And many people don't have it. He says be content with what God has given you. Again, people don't realize that what they have was given to them by God. They don't give him thanks for it. They don't show gratitude for it. They abuse it. They waste it. They squander it. Okay, and then he says contentment leads to peace and joy in this life. Peace and joy in this life. Uh, and then Paul, Paul uh, reiterates that in this verse in Philippians 4.12 when he talks about his own experience. He says he knows how to make it with little and he knows how to make it with much. He says in all of his circumstances... He doesn't choose the circumstances that he chooses to be content with. He says, in all of them, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Learn from Paul, learn from Solomon. Question number four. Which steps can we take to learn more contentment? Paul just told us, right? So learn from him. And then, too, you want to be at peace as well. You want to be at peace. Because, I mean, you might have a lot of money, but then you're not at peace. Mm -hmm. Or you may have a lot of money and you are at peace. Yeah. We have a chart here. It says wealth versus happiness. Countries ranked by wealth, countries ranked by happiness. Now, the Bahamas isn't on this, but what, what, which one of those categories do you think the Bahamas fits in? Um, well, um... Companies ranked by wealth or companies ranked by happiness? 
Which one you think? <laughs> We've got uh, countries ranked by wealth, Qatar, Luxembourg, Singapore, Brunei, Ireland, Norway, Kuwait, United Arab Emirates, Switzerland, Hong Kong, San Marino, United States, Saudi Arabia, Netherlands, Iceland. All those countries are ranked by wealth, by how rich they are, how wealthy they are. And then the countries ranked by happiness. Notice some of the same countries are on this list. Switzerland's at the top, number one. Iceland, Denmark, Norway, Canada. Fin is it bad? Canada? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Canada's number five, wow. Uh, Finland, Netherlands, Sweden, New Zealand, Australia, Israel. And all the problems Israel is having, they're ranking the happiness one. Okay? And in fact, they're, they're fighting right now. Okay, they've been attacked. Costa Rica, Austria, Mexico. Mexico. They've got the highest murder rate in the world. Wow. But they're ranked in the happiness club. <laughs> United States. Okay? Now, according to, according to world stats, the Bahamas is ranked in this column because all they said that of all the, Car the countries in the Caribbean, the, the Bahamas is considered wealthy when compared to all of the, and we're not in the Caribbean, by the way, but they, they rank us in the Caribbean. And, uh, and there, were, there was a time when uh, the Bahamas government tried to seek some kind of financial grant or aid or something, and they, the response was, no, you're considered a wealthy country, so you don't qualify. All right, so the Bahamas is ranked in the wealth column. Do you think we rank in the happiness column? No. People talk about Bahamas always prepared to be happy. What do you think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, our time is gone. We've got to stop here. But I believe we've got to. Let's take a little bit out as we wrap it up. Whether you have a lot or little, our contentment comes from Christ, not our wealth. How will you fight for contentment this week? Three, three points, as usual. Evaluate your contentment. List your assets and possessions and rate how much you give, how much they give you a level of contentment or security. Determine to look to Christ for your contentment. Two, step up your giving. When we have given financially foolish, when we have been, when we have been financially foolish, we tend to hold on to the money we have. Contrary to the mindset, that, to that mindset though, generous giving is a key to overcoming, overcoming materialism and greed. Set a budget and plan to give generously through your church. Get help. A large source of our financial grief stems from consumer debt and poor financial planning. If that's you, work with a financial counselor to help you set up, set up a plan to get rid of your debt and start a budget. Amen? That's the marching orders for the week. Uh, um, again, true contentment belongs to those who know the Lord and trust Him. True contentment. By the way, this is what our financial med assistance fund looks like as of March 3rd. $3,584.84. That's as of March 3rd. And again, we remind you, it's a medical assistance fund started by the class to assist members of the class who face medical financial issues set up to assist those persons uh, with that. So that's an update on that. 
uh, and I believe we've got the match, you know, that's a good point to point out in our area of how you deal with wealth, right? Problems with wealth. Um, brother Randy, one thing, never use money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people who won't care about you anyhow. Or people you, you don't, or people you don't like. <laughs> right. That is true. Consolidations and stuff like that. Every on the TV, on the radio, all of that. Come and get a debt consolidation. But you probably in that situation because you went and got a bunch of things you didn't. You don't. You don't need right. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. Okay, let's pray. God help us to experience true contentment in you at this stage of our lives. Remind us to depend on you to supply our needs, not on our wealth. We thank you, Father, for the lessons and for the instructions and the wisdom that you provided today in our lesson. Get glory for yourself today as we respond to it uh, positively. Bless us now as we go into the service. We pray for your benediction as we leave this building, but not your presence. Get glory for yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. 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 The Lord bless you as you go.